that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to the playoff edition of Buckeye Talk. The Ohio State Buckeyes are headed to the college football playoff in New Orleans. There was some surprise. They're going to New Orleans, which is interesting. And we'll get into that. We'll get into the matchup with Clemson. We'll get into the fact that, guess what? The Big Ten changed the rules. And by the way, this is just changing the rules to help yourselves, which is fine. But there's not any ulterior like motive. This is just, you know, help our team have its best chance. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. It's 2 o'clock on Sunday. The rankings were revealed in that excruciating ESPN show. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe Reese Davis is like, as we get started on our four-hour journey, I was like, you got to be kidding yeah. me. What? He just kept, and The thing is, his dramatic pauses were awful. They didn't actually build any suspense. It just made you go, get onto it. And, of course, Kirk Herbstreet brought up the, well, two-loss Georgia thing, which you, like, they can't get away every year. It's like, well, why shouldn't – it's like, that's not what this conversation is about. I did, Reese Davis then was asking some questions of Gary Barta, the chairman, that were kind of like, well, why should Ohio State get in? They only played six games, which I actually respected because he's pushing Gary Barta to give specific answers. I think some people got mad at Reese Davis, but it doesn't mean no. Reese Davis necessarily thinks that. He's trying to put Gary Barta on the spot and make him actually explain things. So, we have a lot to get into. It did feel like, an, and Nathan, as we're recording here at 2 o'clock, Gary Barta has not had an actual call with three, the media. Right? 3 o'clock he is due to talk to us. Mm-hmm. 3 Eastern, for real? Correct. So yes. you're going to have to jump off of here for that? I can't. Or we'll have to pause it if we need be. Or we could just go live. We could just have him. Can you put him on speaker? Patch him in. I'll patch him in, yeah. I'll, Gary patch, him in through the main, I'll patch him in through the main board. Just pull up Zoom on your phone and have him on speaker and put the yeah. mic by it. Gary Barta, welcome to Buckeye Talk. What the hell is wrong with you? That's what they do, the TV guys. I love when the TV guys in Columbus are like at the post-game show, and it's like the post-game interviews for everybody. And it's like, oh, we're here live on on a hot time Buckeye Talk, and I'm going to shove my microphone in somebody's face for a live look. And it's like, just chill out. So we'll do that. Okay, so they did basically explain did not was this not the case Gary Barta basically said yeah we didn't really talk the six games was not a big deal is that the impression Nathan that you got that it was like it, if everybody else including some SEC dinglings are obsessed with it the 13 member committee was not no I mean this didn't really surprise me at all I think when you looked at the way that they have been voting the way that they've been ranking those teams all along and you look at the results of the weekend, I, I know the Ohio State didn't blow Northwestern away, but if some, and in some ways, if they, keep North, if they had kept Ohio State out, it would have meant that they thought their own rankings were crap, right? No, no, I know. We're not surprised. But the idea that, that he could have said, listen, it was very difficult for us to deal with the six-game issue. That was the only thing holding up the Buckeyes right. because we do believe that – Proving it on the field four or five more times. Other teams did that. That is a data point. We do care about that. But that's not what he said. He basically brushed off. We didn't care, which, okay. In the end, I don't know if people care that much about the reasoning or not. The four is the four. But that I thought, they just were not worried about it. No, I think the actual, the, the exact question for me, Davis, was, was there dissent in the room? Was there like, were there people in the room who are like, we can't put a team with only six games in? And, and Barta said, no, that never came up. There was discussion about where to put teams, but not the fact that an Ohio State team that only played six games should be in the top four. So, Steven, I came around on this 
Saturday as Ryan Day talked about Ohio State's playoff case. And I wrote about it for Sunday morning about how it's hard to sort of figure out this Ohio State team, I think, so far. And that I think the only real way to get a read on the Buckeyes is by having them play Clemson because Bama might just kill everybody (laughs) and then nobody else would really test them in the same way, right? That this is the way and they're going to get it. We're going to have an answer in the end, win or lose, good or bad. I think we will have a final answer about how good the Ohio State Buckeyes really were once they play this Clemson team. This is the matchup we needed to see. But the point that Ryan Day made was sort of like, if playing more games is difficult because you're tested more often, not playing is also difficult and it makes it harder sometimes to then be good when you actually do play that there is, if you only view not playing as an advantage, like, Hey, you only had to play six games. You're lucky. Like gearing up, thinking you're going to play, having it be canceled, having guys out, having to fill in at practice then having to be off for two weeks. There is a competitive toll to that that I thought was a somewhat compelling case, you know, and that, you know, here, for instance, here we are, you know, again, and people don't really discuss this, that Texas A&M has one loss and everybody's saying, okay, well, they were tested more. If Ohio State had one loss, they'd be out, right? I mean, like there was the, 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 the shorter schedule eliminated their margin for error. They had to win every game. Texas A&M or Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame got in with one loss. Clemson got in with one loss. You know, Ohio State didn't have that luxury. But, Stephen, the idea that it – not that you feel sorry for Ohio State, but if you're viewing missing those three games only as an advantage for them, there also is some cost to that as you're trying to be competitive. What did you think of sort of that part of what Ryan Day was saying? I agree with him, and he actually kind of explained – why let's just take the big 10 championship game for instance we don't know when these guys tested positive but from the way he was talking it made it seem like some of these guys didn't test positive until later in the week maybe you lost chris olave or maybe a tuesday but you lost jackson smith the jigba and baron browning on the thursday or friday or whatnot baron browning was in pictures that they that they posted on social media practicing and then he shows up on the unavailability report so you've been practicing for the big 10 championship one way you had guys in certain spots and then you find out that those two guys aren't playing who had me getting snaps and so you have to scramble basically within a 48-hour period and, do, and have these guys play in a role that they hadn't been practicing all week. And that's what goes into when you do lose guys. Depending on when you lose them, you have to scramble that much quicker to prepare guys to play a football game. But also, it, it, it stunts your develop, development and progression throughout the season. Let's just take Alabama for an instance. They gave up 48 points to Ole Miss, and people thought that defense was a little sketchy. No one's saying that about Alabama's defense anymore because they had a full slate of games to improve on that defense week by week. Ohio State hasn't necessarily had that full slate of games to improve every single week within different facets of the offense. So it's great. It's as great as it was to see what the running game did on Saturday. I mean, imagine if they would have had a full season to work on that. Imagine if Julian Fleming would have had a full season to work on that. So, yeah, the trade-off is you lose the chance of getting hurt, but then you also lose the chance for guys to develop especially when you're playing some young guys, even though they are talented. So nobody's got to feel sorry for them. It's not a sob story. Everybody's got to deal with different things. I think the main thing is, is that it's not only an, an edge. It's not only, well, you only had to play six games. There's something else to it. So in the end, they got in. They're playing Clemson on January 1st in New Orleans. But let's get to the thing 
that people are really juiced up about right now. Nathan has done some really good reporting on this. From the 513, can we ask what players will and won't be back for this semifinal game, which is now, as we record this on Sunday, 12 days away, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 12 fingers, 12 days away. The Big Ten is changing the rule. Where there are the fans want to know, our Texas want to know from the five one three and a lot of other places, who might be back? Nathan, can you tell us everything you have reported, what people have told you, what the Big Ten has announced? Where are we with changing the twenty one day rule? And then specifically, rules are great. Nobody, it's not about the rule. It's about what players for Ohio State can play as a result of the rule. Correct. Right. So, yeah, we were able to confirm with multiple people to, and, and then all the all the reporting then came out from from other places about, you know, that this rule was changing. And Adam Rittenberg from ESPN was the first one to report that it's moving from 21 to 17 days. But as you say, that's only important to people relative to these Ohio State tests. We you know, people know there were names that we heard early last week. I mean, let's just say it. Chris Olave was a name that everybody heard early last week. And the way that he was talked about, nobody came right out yesterday and said Chris Olave tested positive, but they pretty much did. That's why he was missing from yesterday's game. So if he tested positive on Tuesday, my impression, and I talked to a league source, and they told me that, like, imagine if, if you tested positive on the first day of a month, then under these new guidelines, you would be back on the 17th. That's their in- interpretation of, of the way this rule works. So if you were to test positive on the 15th, which was last Tuesday, then and on you'd be January back 1st. On the 32nd, 15 plus 17 is 32. So you'd be back on which the would 32nd. Be the second. Or the 1st, as we like oh, to refer to it in the Gregorian good calendars. Good, that we good job, Doug. Great job, Doug. <laughs> I thought you were joking around. Did you really not know that there are no months with 32 days? I was so excited about the actual math. <laughs> That I was doing without my fingers. I thought you were just goofing you saw, around. You know, you saw it in his face how excited he was that he got that number right. He was like, I did it, guys. I did it. Go ahead. That's what I. That's my interpretation, of, and that's their interpretation of this. So I think anybody who tested positive by last Tuesday is definitely available to play on the first. Anybody who tested positive after that, though, I, I think there. I don't. I can't say for sure that they will be back. And then again, there's, I think there might be contact tracing in there for some of these guys. We don't know for sure. Ryan day out of his words today said, quote, a good amount of the players who missed the big team championship game would be eligible to come back for the semifinal. He also said though, that there were some guys who were quote, really close. So I think they were still looking maybe for some clarification from the big 10, exactly how that math works at the time he said that. And when we're still trying to figure that out for sure, I would say it sounds very good. I know there's some reporting out there about what Ryan day also later in that same interview with ESPN said something along the lines of, I don't know if he said when we get Chris back or if we get Chris back, he mentioned Chris Olave kind of in passing and that got quickly grabbed by uh, that, that maybe he confirmed that Olave is going to be back. I'm not going to confirm that Olave is going to be back as I'm sitting here today, but all the things we're hearing, that sounds correct, that there's a good chance he's back. So somebody else, though, I don't know. 11 Warriors has a story that Chris Olave will be back, and someone, a texter, asked that. Is that confirmed? They're just taking the, the idea from the 260. 11 Warriors is reporting Ryan Day said Olave will be back for the playoff. I trust you guys. Can you confirm it? If not, I understand. That's just what that is. It's like, did you, are you taking 
if he said the word Chris with an if or a when in passing, it's not confirmed. I'm not saying they're wrong to do that, but that's what that is. Just so you guys understand. Maybe 100% correct, I, but I've listened to the audio several times now that I recorded off of ESPN with my phone, and I can't – It's that. It's it's that's the situation. Like I can't exactly tell what he said, and I don't want to get it wrong. We'll confirm. We'll try to confirm that with somebody. Right. Ohio State. Right. And this is the kind of thing you say. By the way, when we say confirm stuff, it'll say you'll text somebody and say, "Listen, this is a freaking deal." Like, is that right or not? It doesn't serve anybody to sort of have this ambiguity out there. Can you help us on this? And maybe somebody from Ohio State at some point will help us with that. So that's where that is. So here's the thing about this. I thought. Changing the six-game rule qualification for the title game was good for the whole league. It didn't make sense. Ohio State, if they had had a forfeit loss, they would have made it. That was just obvious to me. That was not catering to Ohio State. That was just being reasonable and using common sense in a situation where you were like having a, a an unfair penalty for no apparent reason that your own rule changed the rule. I mean, this is more obvious of like, hey, we want Ohio State's best guys to play in the playoff. So, like, th- here's the – Nathan, is the, I just wanted to clarify – well, Stephen, what do you think of that? Like, like, I mean, if someone says, oh, they're just changing the rules, like, well, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they are. This is, I mean, this, that's why. Yeah, this is the Big Ten serving itself. Ohio State just happens to be the person benefiting from it. But, yeah, it could have been Indiana in this playoff. They're going to make sure that the Big Ten team who's in the playoff can be at its full strength and put its best product on the field. Yeah. But but this is not – there is some medical basis maybe behind this, but that's yeah. not why they're doing it. They're doing it because they want Ohio State's best guys to play. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, just before we started recording, I had another conversation with a league source who said that this was uh, something that was decided at the last regularly scheduled medical subcommittee meeting for people who don't remember uh, Dr. James Borchers from – Ohio State's lead team physician heads that sub or co-chairs that subcommittee that there was something that came up for a, and and they came to a consensus at that meeting. This all happened within the last week though. And I believe that decision was not made today. It was, it was definitely presented if it was if that decision was like made this morning, that decision was made earlier this week. And I was told ADs were advised of it, but it just was something that wasn't, I think publicly distributed because I think they would have thought it looked even worse as far as like favoring Ohio state in some way, going into the big 10 championship game, even though Northwestern has had no cases. So it wasn't like there was a balance between who would have been out for each of those teams. So that's the, that's what I'm hearing as, as we, just as we get ready to record this right now. So, but my, and my read on this is people are asking like, okay, well, if it's a new 17 day window instead of a 21 day window, would, does that mean Olave can play? Do we know when Olave tested positive? And my answer is, do you think they would have changed the rules so that Chris Olave could miss playing in the game by a day? That if Chris Olave needed it to be a 16-day window instead of a 17-day window, I think we'd have a 16-day window today, wouldn't we? Well, because don't forget, this 17-day window is still by far the longest window of any of the teams that were contenders yeah. for the college football playoff. They were all uh, – everybody else uses like a 10- or 14-day window. I had it in my story. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was – everybody else is like 10 or 14 days. I think it's 10 days, and then I think one of the league – maybe the ACC has a four-day acclimatization period that's mandatory. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's all within two weeks. So they're still longer than everybody. So you're right. I think if they, had, if they really wanted to come all the way down to where everybody was, they would have. I think they probably picked that day – um, not being completely cynical, I think, like you said, there is medical reasoning behind it, but they, they there's a reason they picked 17 days. 
The Big Ten would like to announce that the 21-day period has been reduced to. When did Chris has father? That's kind of Chris has positive. What day? Is it 14? No, it's six, seven, six, 17-day period has. So that's all right. But I mean, that's we're not gonna be like uh, you know, medical sciencey about this. They just want their guy to play. But the point that is the point is it's still longer than everybody else. It's not an edge on Notre Dame, Clemson, and Alabama. It's just putting them back on more equal footing. And it still is a little bit longer. And listen, I again, I'm not – we don't like throwing guys' names out there beforehand. But once guys miss and Ohio State is being vague and forcing us to try to deal with the vague – vagosity, vagueness, then I, I'm okay with it. Nathan, you made the point. Baron Browning is another player who did not play Saturday – and did you not say that he was in some practice photos last week after Tuesday? I'm he was right. I mean, Steven, you saw them yeah. too. And not only was he in the photo, he was tagged in the photo like yeah. on, on the Twitter tag. So, and also here's another important thing to remember. You can sometimes get hints by this. And it actually made me think there was some guy, somebody who ended up not being out, but that I thought might be um, because we were supposed to get some players for interviews on this past Tuesday Mm-hmm. Chris Olave was one of those players. He was ended up not being available that day for interviews. Baron Browning was originally listed and did show up and was interviewed. So and t- so, Tommy Togiai was on that list too, and we didn't get him. Yeah, I mean, I was that. That's the other one that I was I was wondering about was if that was going to happen. So mm-hmm. that makes me think that either now did he test later on Tuesday and get pinched? I don't know, but he was in those practice photos that came out on I want to say Thursday. And Ryan Day has been saying things like we lost some guys late in the week that we weren't we were practicing Mm -hmm. with. So that would indicate that some of these guys are late and that those guys may not now fit in this window. Right. This change wouldn't help those guys that if it's 17 days, it would be if you tested positive Tuesday of this week or earlier. But anything late this past week, you're still not going to make it. And we, I don't, and honestly, I don't even know this is a whole tangent, not even go on, but like, I, I don't know when they report these things to the big 10 and they're reporting a positive test. Is it like, is there a, a stamp on there that it belongs to this person who you can now follow how we're following them through this process? Like, I don't know how exactly all of that works, how specific they get in giving the big 10 information that allow, allows them to have oversight over who is, whether they're returning to practice, returning to games or not. So um, a lot of, areas where the big 10 still could be more transparent, which is just one of those things. It's one of those things in life. We're not saying anything, but we're just saying sometimes it's a different deal. If somebody else is overseeing you or if you're overseeing yourself and what that might mean. Now we're not, we're not implying anything, but we think this means Chris Olave will play what it means for Drew Chrisman, what it means for Jackson Smith and the Jigba, what it means for Baron Browning. I think we're a little fuzzier on. It is very clear to everybody that the most important guy that was not there on Saturday that they would like to have for January 1st is Chris Olave. If you want to call this the Chris Olave rule, you may call this the Chris Olave rule. Because if it said, we have reduced the 21-day return to play periods, is it 16 hours and like eight out, 16 days and eight hours? 16 days, eight hours, 21 minutes, and 43 seconds, which coincidentally, like Chris Olave is not allowed on the field for the national anthem, but he can be there 
right. If we would suggest Ohio State defer if they win the toss. He is eligible with 12 minutes and 17 seconds left in the first quarter. It's the Chris Olave rule. And so, you know, it is what it is. I want really quick, though, sobering moment. As much as people are excited about this, and I guess they should be, that Ohio State may get its full roster back for this. Um, these guys had not tested positive as of this past week. So it's something to keep an eye on. Anybody who tests positive from here on in ain't playing in the mm-hmm. semifinal. But the other question is this, and we don't have a strong handle on this, or maybe we do. If Ohio State would have an outbreak, or Clemson would have an outbreak, or Notre Dame would have an outbreak, or Alabama would have an outbreak, they now would delay the game, right? They would not forfeit the semifinal. I have been trying to get someone from the playoff to tell me that. They have not been willing to say that. What they have said is, um, we, we're not going to talk about hypotheticals, but we're going to have a plan. So we're going to have a plan. We're just not going to tell you the plan. Right. It's, 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 uh, it's Josh Lyman's secret plan to fight inflation. From By the way, point. when people say they don't want to talk about hypotheticals, by the way, do you know what a plan is? <laughs> a plan yes. is... It's a contingency for a hypothetical. In case yeah. this thing might happen, we're not going to let it happen and then be like, crap. We didn't. I mean, the idea that people are against hypotheticals is unbelievable to me. Life is all about hypotheticals, whether it's planning for if there's an earthquake, what do you do? If you get lost, hey, kids, if you, we get lost in the mall, let's meet by Annie Ann's pretzels. Dad, I don't like the deal in hypotheticals, okay? I'll just deal with being lost when I'm lost. And then I'll scream and cry and throw myself on the ground. The idea that you're going to bring up, oh, what if you hypothetically get lost at the mall? Meet by the pretzel place is ridiculous. It's a waste of my time. That's what life is. People are against hypotheticals. Insurance companies have made millions and millions of dollars off of hypotheticals. But the other, but the playoff, like the way they set this up is like everything is determined by just what your your conference does, how often you test, what kind of test you're taking, um, you know, how many players you would need to have active, and I guess at certain positions in order to be eligible to play the next game, like all that just reverts to your conference rules. So it's still everything is still very like wild west here a little bit, and um, I, I'm we're, you're not going to be out of the woods until they kick off on January first. If and they kick off on January, 1st. it's also one of those things where people do change rules based on context and circumstance all the time. If you're in your house, you say you're not allowed to eat sugar after eight p.m. That's the rule in our house. You're not allowed to eat sugar after eight p.m. And then your daughter goes to Girl Scout camp and they're having s'mores at the campfire at 930. Are you like, what? No, no sugar after eight. Or are you like, all right. I mean, you're in a different context. You're with other people. The kids from the SEC can eat a s'more. Dabo lets his kids eat s'mores. Brian Kelly says his kids can eat s'mores. Kevin, dad, can I please have a s'more? And this is where the, the Big Ten's timing has just been off again, I think, because these CDC guidelines were changed two weeks ago. This is when people were more than that. Like people started talking about this earlier this month about whether these policies needed to be changed. And it's not just Ohio State that benefits from this, by the way. Indiana has missed its last two games because of a rise in cases. It I don't know when its bowl game is going to be played, if it's able to play a bowl game, but it could affect who they have back. Other Big Ten teams, so other Big Ten teams will benefit from this across all sports. But they waited until now, and I think that's where they're getting some of this backlash, even though, as you said, even as much as you're tongue-in-cheek talking about the Chris Olave rule, 
<clears throat> it was it was all this was motivated by a change in the science, a change in medical opinion that happened over the last month. And if there hadn't been a change in medical opinion, I think they still would have changed the rule. <laughs> like Maybe. it helps. But as to your yeah. point, the medical science changed two weeks ago and they didn't change it then. And then Ohio State's star receiver got it within the 21-day window, but not within the 17-day window. And Ohio State's passing offense looked like crap without him. And all of a sudden, they're changing the rules. So it does give a little found. There's a little foundation of science here, but I think they could have just leaned on everybody else is eating s'mores. There's no science about s'mores, but if everybody else is eating s'mores and you're the only kid at camp, the Big Ten only sent one kid to playoff camp. So we're going to change the context. I still think they would have changed it. Perhaps. And, but I mean, they didn't change it uh, that in a way that would have maybe helped Ohio State not get the Illinois game canceled. They didn't change it in a way that would have maybe helped but that's, the Michigan but, game not get canceled. But that but was when you were big, all together. Yeah. That was in your context. That wasn't playoff context. That was still at school. Now you're going to camp. Right. But, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, it's, but I'm, it's where I'm pushing back on this idea that it only helps Ohio State because – it, all of those things hurt Ohio State. I mean, the fact that they sent them up to play Michigan State with all the people they were missing hurt Ohio State too. There was the time that if they really wanted to help Ohio State, they could have, as soon as the CDC changed their policy, they could have done it that day, knowing that it, it would have been, at worst, a really good insurance uh, proposal for your best team. You are making a good point here, and I do think, because I said it's important in the past, to make a distinction between are you helping like Ohio State, the traditional power and the program, or are you helping the Big Ten's best team, the Big Ten's playoff team? They are helping the Big Ten's playoff team. As Steven said, after, I mean, if it was Indiana, they'd be helping Indiana. It just so happens that the Big Ten's playoff team is Ohio State, and this is the best thing for the Big Ten. I thought the thing we were going to bring up, Nathan, and, and, and to, again, sobering a little bit, and I've mentioned this before, Miles Garrett from the Browns, who had a somewhat serious case of COVID, two games back is still feeling it. He's doing breathing exercises. He's not himself. He's playing, but he's not himself. So we do not want to be dismissive of what of any effects. We want Chris Olave and Baron Browning and Drew, Drew Chrisman confirmed his test in a post. We know 100% for sure Drew Chrisman has COVID. We want all those guys to be healthy and safe. And if they need more time to get back for their health, then it doesn't matter what the rule is. This is for if they're relatively asymptomatic or if they do have symptoms, but they are then recovered from them, that they would not be out for a longer period than maybe their health would determine if they're ready to go. So let's not be dismissive. We hope everybody that has it for Ohio State and everybody else that has it recovers and gets back to health as soon and as fully as possible. But I would anticipate, not anticipate, Chris Olave is going to play unless he has some personal medical issue beyond the rest of this based on the rules. Chris Olave will be able to play in the playoff semifinal. We're going to take a quick break on Buckeye talk, come back with results of our survey. How are Ohio state fans feeling about this Clemson matchup? And why is it going to be in new Orleans next on Buckeye talk? All right, back on Buckeye talk. The big shocker of Sunday was that Alabama is taking Dallas instead of New Orleans. The number one seed gets preference. They basically ask them. They don't guess at what they think the number one seed wants. They ask them. And Alabama has made the Sugar Bowl its its postseason home. And the Sugar Bowl is always paired with the Rose Bowl in this every three years semifinal cycle. And Alabama's always a one seed. So this is the third year 
of the Rose Bowl Sugar Bowl being a semifinal site. And the first two times it came around, Alabama was in the Sugar Bowl. They were in the Sugar Bowl against Ohio State in 2014, as we know, when Alabama was the one seed and Ohio State was the four. They were in the Sugar Bowl in 2017. Actually, that year, Alabama was the four seed and Clemson was the one seed. But that was the matchup. Clemson picked the Sugar Bowl and they went Clemson, Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. So here we go. And we find out Saturday night, the Rose Bowl is not going to host the semifinal. It's going to be at AT&T Stadium in Dallas instead. I write a story. Every assumption is, okay, Alabama is going to be the one seed. They'll pick New Orleans. Ohio State is now going to play, quote, the Rose Bowl in Dallas. Then it gets revealed and it's Alabama in Dallas. It's Alabama, Notre Dame in Dallas, and it's Ohio State Clemson in New Orleans. Stephen, you wrote the story on it. Why? 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 Yeah, home field advantage actually benefits them going to Texas this time. It was a committee decision. Bart was talking about how the, the, at the Rose Bowl, they're going to allow 16,500 fans at that game. So it's just more people for Alabama to bring in and have more family members, have more fans there at that game so they can have a better home field advantage, even though it's you know that much further apart than where their home field field is while at the sugar bowl that's limited to 3000 fans. So it's, it's trading off, you know, travel for just having more people and more fans at your game to get a real feel of a home field advantage, which they, which they wouldn't have in new Orleans. It was an interesting rationale that it's like, we're trying to give the number one seed, the biggest edge we can give them. And the edge is that Texas has less stringent rules than Louisiana does. That, that was interesting that it's not geographic mm-hmm. because I, I checked the Google machine. Uh, Tuscaloosa is like a, 200 I, I should look it up i have it hold on let me is it Tuscaloosa like is 292 miles from the superdome and it's 606 miles away from at&t stadium so it's it's a lot farther to dallas it's still drivable but it's that theoretically or i guess not even theoretically more alabama fans can go to dallas than they can to new orleans and so for ohio state i don't think it makes much of a difference unless there's anybody who's an ohio state fan who based off my story booked the ticket to Dallas on Saturday night. I apologize. I would have, if this was a normal year, I would have booked the ticket to Dallas Saturday night because you, we usually, because yeah. sometimes as soon as they announce stuff, the, the tickets quadruple in price. So if you anticipate and go early, if you go before the official announcement, you'll get a cheaper ticket. I would have bought a Dallas ticket and been wrong. So I don't think it has an effect on the game. The other thing I, other thing I think here, it's, it's almost like Alabama's like only chance to get to Dallas for something like this. I mean, it's just like maybe you get sick of the same old thing. It's like, okay, well, they're going to wind up in New Orleans again on this cycle in a future semifinal. When would they ever not be in New Orleans for a semifinal? This is maybe their one shot. So I do think sometimes if you're trying to get fans to go, it's just interesting to have a different background to go to a Chipotle in a different city. So I was surprised by it, but I guess there is – a little bit to it. And you know what? New Orleans is great. And I don't know. I mean, there's only 3000 fans, but the, actually the one thing is for Ohio state fans, they're not going to have, I don't think they're going to sell to the general public. I would guess if there's only 3000 people who can go in, in new Orleans, as opposed to 16 or 17, 18,000, that's going to be families and maybe a couple donors or boosters or faculty or whatever. It's not going to be general mm-hmm. public. So mm-hmm. that's a bummer for Ohio state fans. I hope everybody is safe with any travel decisions they would make anyway. So I just found that, I don't know, Nathan. I mean, I found it interesting. I was surprised by it. I just had, I had not even considered it. I was completely surprised by it as people who saw my initial tweet 
would have known because I assumed that they were going southwest to play Clemson again. And then I had to quickly scramble and like take that down and put another tweet up because it uh, we right after that, we found out that it was actually New Orleans. So which I guess technically is is that technically southwest of Columbus? Like technically. So it wasn't like so, wrong. I mean, it was, it was like wasn't. lowercase w wrong. You're wrong. I mean, pretty wrong. Pretty wrong. It was pretty wrong. It's pretty wrong. Which is why I changed it. Question, um, you picked the wrong one. Yeah, so I do think it's interesting. I mean, although, I mean, won't they sh- won't they split the tickets half and half? I mean, that's what they do anyway. I mean, that's what right. they always do. Yeah. But yeah, so it's not really like an advantage, I guess. I mean, they have more of a crowd there, but so will Notre Dame. I yes. think it's just better, probably just better atmosphere too, though. It's probably some of it. Yeah. You so know, yeah, sixteen thousand to three thousand—that's a big difference. Main thing is don't go to the wrong city. <laughs> if there's anybody yeah. from Ohio State yeah. who's just going, who wants to drive to like just be there, don't don't go to the wrong place. Which is why I posted it Saturday. It's like don't go to Pasadena by accident. Um, from Columbus to New Orleans, thirteen and a half hour drive, nine hundred and twenty eight miles. So good luck to anybody making that trip again. Please be safe. Can they win? Kind of the more, <laughs> kind of the go. more. Oh, this book I talk will spend three hours on geography and five minutes on can they win? The first, we'll get into some of the other. We want to get into some Cincinnati stuff. The other pairings for the Bulls have come have come out, so we'll discuss that soon. We have to deal with this first. It's what we'll be dealing with for the next twelve days. But the other thing is, again, forty-one days. The days of was it forty-one, forty-six, whatever it was. The huge gap in two thousand six between Ohio State's last game and when they played Florida. Nick Saban was talking. It's like a it's a bye week. I mean, it's like, what is it? Bowl prep? It's it's a bye week. You have a bye, then you play. You play on Friday. So what do you think of Ohio State's chances of beating Clemson? These were the five categories I gave our tech subscribers. Again, great chance to get in on stuff like this. 614-350-3315, 14-day free trial. It takes you through the semifinal. If you're ever going to try it, try it now. If you're listening to this, you care enough about us, and you care enough about the Buckeyes to try this. Because those are the two things you have to care about to bother with the text. You have to really like Ohio State football, that you want Ohio State football info in your phone. And you have to like us enough to want it from us. But you're listening. Like, this is the threshold. It's hard to pitch the text to people who don't listen to Buckeye Talk because they're like, who are these ding-dongs? But if you're hearing this, you're kind of in our core group. So I really would just – I it's, it's seriously, just take it through the semifinal – and then if they win and they're going to the national championship game, you can decide whether to pay four bucks or not. But if they lose, you can bail or you can stay into the offseason. But really, try it now. 614-350-3315. You just send a text to that number. You get the info to sign up, and it's quick and easy. The chances Ohio State has of beating Clemson. I'm sure that Ohio State will win. That was the most confident. I Very good chance Ohio State wins. That was the second most confident toss up that's in the middle, maybe a 25% chance that Ohio state wins. That's the second lowest, almost no chance that Ohio state wins. That's the lowest. Those were the five choices I gave our tech subscribers. Steven, what do you think? One toss up. I think one Nathan, what do you think? One, I, I also would guess toss up Nathan. What would you have voted? And, and I, we are reserving. This is not our pick. This is not our analysis. This is our Sunday, two and a half hours after the release of the poll, of the release of the pairings analysis. We have the right to change it as we gather information. What would you have voted today, Nathan? I would also vote toss-up. 
Steven? Yeah, toss up right now. I might vote 25% chance to win based on how things have looked for them lately. If I if I had to vote, I probably would be in between toss up and 25% chance to win. I might have voted 20%, 25% percent chance to win. The winner was toss up, more than half. 52% toss up. 37% 25% chance Ohio State wins. So the second least positive. Very good chance, only 8%. So half the people are in the middle, but there are a lot more people less confident than there are more confident than middle. So 37 to 8 is a pretty wide gap there. And then the, the extremes, not much support. No chance, 3%. Sure, they'll win. One percent. So that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. Is that surprising to you, know, you guys that they're I think, again, the, the, the reveal is more people are like at 25 percent chance to win than at 75 percent chance to win. Steven, you surprised by that? No, I'm not surprised by it. And I do think because we're 24 hours removed from what Justin Fields just did on Saturday in the Big Ten championship game and maybe swung a little bit more people into the toss up category because one you're not sure about you weren't sure about Chris Olave but also you're not sure if that Justin Fields is a fluke or what's going to happen against Clemson because even with Indiana he had some good moments all right are you excited for a chance at Clemson revenge I wrote my entire post game post announcement column about revenge my choices were yes it's what I wanted all season for are you excited for a chance at Clemson revenge no, I'm worried that Clemson will beat the Buckeyes badly. So like, oh, hey, you get Clemson against like, great. I don't want it. Or it doesn't matter. It's about chasing a national title. It's not really about who you play. It's about the title. It's like, and I said, you know, if they would play Notre Dame and Coastal Carolina and won the national championship. They weren't going to give it back. But we talked about this a lot. And somewhere along the way in the next 12 days, we have talked about it. We are going to revisit some market down Monday predictions from when they thought they were canceled, from when they came back, from previewing. We talked a lot, Nathan, we talked a lot about this Clemson-Alabama path, and that's what's out there now. Alabama's going to beat Notre Dame. If Ohio State's going to win a national title, they're going to play Clemson and Alabama. And I think we had arrived at that fact before the season of, man, that's what would make this really special if they would have a chance not just at winning it all, but at playing those two teams consecutively with a chance to win it all. I'm sorry. I, I got a text. What was the question again? Was it, work, about the was, it, was it, was it work text or personal text? It's work texts. Yes. It's work text. Is, is it sources or is it the boss telling us what's going on? It's sources. Did you get, can you reveal any information? Um, it was the clarification on the Chris Olave, um, Willie or won't he? And my, my, this is a, a, an Ohio State spokesperson. The intent wasn't to say anyone specific would be back. The rule has changed. Some would be, some won't be, some on the cusp. Okay. That was a good text to get. Yeah. It doesn't really clarify anything. Yeah. But no. <laughs> it was a good excuse for why you didn't hear the question. I, I, it doesn't change, but it doesn't change what I think we said earlier about yeah. that particular player. So um, right. I'm sorry, but can you repeat the question that you'd like me to answer? The idea that before the season, we had seemed to arrive at the fact that not just chasing a national title or winning a national title, but the chance to go through Clemson and Bama in some order, that those would be the two teams that Ohio State would play in that pursuit was really the ideal thing here. And now that's that's what they're set up for here. 
kind of a big deal to me. Yeah. And I feel like it almost kind of got reinforced as this season went along the way it is kind of unfolded. Like this, I I think I texted this out that this, this does seem like something kind of poetic here that they're going to get, they get to play the nemesis that like the monkey on their back is here in the semifinals. And then if they get past that, then you get to go out and try to take on the, the, the true behemoth that's kind of been running, um, rush out over everybody this year i know they just gave up some points and they've given up some points before but they also score a billion points and uh that's the bigger concern i think if you're ohio state right now so um i it's it's a it's exactly yeah it's exactly the path at the beginning of the season if anything though i think ohio state goes into this with that underdog mentality that it it has wanted like we talked before the season like how is ryan day gonna like find the underdog angle this season if this team is as good as we think it's going to be and now uh, via circumstances and via how well those other teams have played. He, they have that. It, they don't have to try for it. They are the underdog. Now they're the betting underdog. They're the seed underdog. They're the underdog. Trailing Northwestern for three quarters of the big 10 championship game is a pretty good way to make yourself an underdog. Brilliant coaching by Ryan day to establish <laughs> that's the his, underdog. That's, that's going to be his MO from here on out. He's just going to trail at halftime of every big 10 championship game. So, Stephen, what do you think the the vote here was on the revenge vote? Yes, they want the revenge. No, they don't want it because they're scared of Clemson. Or it doesn't matter either way. What do you think won and what percent do you think the winning vote got? I literally would be shocked if, yes, this is what I wanted all along, didn't get at least 80% of these votes. 60. Yes, this is what I I want, got 60 no, I'm worried Clemson will beat the Buckeyes badly. 22, 22, pretty high. And it doesn't matter, 17. There is some bubbling apprehension about Clemson based on what happened on Saturday, based on the fact that Clemson kind of looked like they're back to Clemson and that Ohio State did not really look like the best of Ohio State. And that is going to be borne out, I think, over the next 12 days. And we're going to dig into that a lot, not just the, the perception of it, but the actuality of it. The other Ohio State Clemson question that I asked, how do you view Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State in relation to each other? Basically, I'm trying to get tiers here. What are the tiers that people see? So one, one tier is, all three, three teams are pretty close, that they're basically in the same tier. This is the big three. They're in the same tier. Another, another would be three separate tiers. Alabama, clearly the best. Clemson, clearly the second best. Ohio State, clearly the third best. So maybe all lumped together, maybe all totally separate. The other option, Alabama and Clemson are in a top tier together and Ohio State's the tier below them. And then the other option, Alabama in a tier by itself, and Ohio State and Clemson together in a tier. So all three together, all three separate, Alabama by itself with Ohio State Clemson, or Alabama and Clemson together, Ohio State by itself. Stephen, how would you vote? Not what the people said. How would you vote? I would put Alabama by itself as the best. And it's because it's both in recruiting and on the product on the field where they dominate. They constantly have the number one recruiting class in the country. And outside of last year, because Tua was dealing with some injuries and LSU went crazy, they've been in the playoff and they've been maybe the favorite to win a national championship every year. And so they deserve to be in that spot by themselves. Meanwhile, I think Ohio State and Clemson are half of it. And maybe Ohio State's 
evolving into being both, and we'll see. But Ohio State has constantly had these top five recruiting classes. And with Ryan Day, that seems to be continuing. But it doesn't always show itself on the field with, you know, losing games they shouldn't lose or having some moments like this season where they don't always look the part. While with Clemson, they seem to always look the part. But at the same time, their recruiting classes aren't necessarily elite level okay, recruiting I, classes. I, I need to make the distinction here. I don't mean program. I mean team. And I, oh, I hope team? people took it as team. I mean, right now okay. on the field, these teams in the playoffs. And it's worth having a program discussion. And I don't okay. disagree with your program discussion. Do you think the same thing team or do you choose this, or team? This year, yes, because I don't see a flaw in Alabama. And I okay. see some flaws in Clemson and Ohio State. Nathan, how would you see it team-wise? How would you do the tiers? I, I would also, right now, I would put Alabama on its own tier, Clemson and, and Ohio State right behind that. I would say, though, it's trending closer to – Alabama and Clemson being on their own tier than it is all three of them being at the same tier right now. I also think it might be trending towards three separate tiers, Alabama, separate yeah. tier, Clemson, separate tier, yeah. Ohio state, separate tier. I think you didn't give us that re- option. No, I did give you that <laughs> yeah. option. I did. No, did. Again, one. your, your, your podcast listening skills, Nathan, are a little, frankly, a little bit to be desired right now. This I heard three options. No, there were four. Okay. Rewind the tape. This is what you get for trying to report while you podcast, when we do this podcast, we don't care about reporting, reporting and information okay. and facts. That is not what Buckeye talk is all about. We are looking for outrageous opinions, partially based in fact. So there are four options. Would you change your vote now that you know that fourth option exists? I would. Yes. I put them okay. on three different tiers, three different tiers. Okay. I think at the moment I still would say Alabama one tier, Ohio state Clemson lumped in the second tier together. And that's what won the vote. Alabama on top Clemson, Ohio state in the second tier. That's 35%. Alabama and Clemson in the top tier, then Ohio state a step below. That's 27%. Three separate tiers, Bama one Clemson two, Ohio state three. That's 20%. All in the same tier. 17%. So I would have said maybe, I think before the year, right before the year, if we had asked this exact same question as a team question, not program, I think we would have said same tier because we would have thought they're the three best teams and they're way ahead of everybody else, but they're all probably right there with each other. And what this season has shown is that only 17% still think they're right there with each other. So a year ago, and this is I don't want to spend all our time on this because this is what we're going to get into the next 12 days. I kept telling people, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Ohio State absolutely can play with Clemson. Doesn't mean they'll win, but there is nothing to be scared about in this Ohio State-Clemson matchup. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Believe in your Buckeyes. Nathan, is there anything for Ohio State fans to be scared about this time around? I think there's a lot to be scared about this. <laughs> there's, there's, you need to be scared about how much of your roster is available for this game. You need to be scared about the fact that, like you said, Clemson is trending in one direction and Ohio State partially through no fault of its own. I don't think these are just football failures right now. You know, they've played two games in the last five weeks or whatever it is. Like they, it, part of this is just is just some bad luck on their part that they've that things have really gone in the wrong way for them as far as the virus at the wrong time. Think of how different we'd be looking at this season if they had had a virus struggle early on, like maybe like Wisconsin did that first weekend. You miss you miss some games there and then don't have any more cancellations and you get to play your last five weeks. I think this team, would same record, we'd be looking at this team very differently. It might be playing very differently too. Steven, fear factor here for the fighting Buckeyes against the fighting Tigers? 
Yeah, I think I agree with that. That that two games in the last month is hard, especially when it hasn't been at a full. You haven't been full. You haven't been full in, in literally a month, and it, that that's the hard part here. And I think the last thing we saw from this team doesn't leave the most positive and optimistic outlook for you right now. But I I, I would still tamper it a little bit, um, because I would just think that, like I said, I, I think that pass what we saw on Saturday from that passing attack is maybe a, a rare thing at this point while everything else around it seemed to look good. And so if that passing attack gets back to where it should be, should Chris Olave play with the way that some of these other facets of the team are playing, I, I'm less scared than maybe some others. I mean, it really is. It's, if you think about, okay, well, take the Fields Olave Wilson passing attack that we saw early in the year, Add in the monster Trey Sermon offensive line rushing attack. Do that at the same time. Well, holy guacamole, like that would seem to be a thing. And Northwestern is 8% offensively of what, of what Clemson will be. Yeah. But Ohio State did shut them out in the second half. They forced three turnovers in the second half. They forced some punts. They were losing, and the defense shut them down. They didn't give up a point. They were down. Mm-hmm. They got down. They didn't give up a point for the last 38 minutes of a conference title game. Pretty solid performance by the defense. It's that I think we're all so thrown off by the problems in the passing game. And it's like, okay, well, the run game and the defense are pretty good. If the problems in the passing game were 80% Chris Olave is not there – and he's back, it's out there. It's not impossible that you get against Clemson, an Ohio State team that we have not yet seen this year. And Ryan Day said that on ESPN. I think we haven't played our best game yet. So that's out there that in the next 12 days, if they get most of their important guys back and they get their stuff together, their best game is out there. And I think if they play their best game, they certainly can beat Clemson. I think if they don't play their best game, I, I don't think they can win. I don't think they can win with the B plus. I think there are times that when they've played good teams, I even think I don't want to lose everything. We can do a lot of we're going to do a lot of comparisons in the next twelve days. Clemson last year compared to Clemson this year. Ohio State last year compared to Ohio State this year. Like the game match, it like we're going to do a lot of that. I just think there's no doubt to me that as you analyze this, Ohio State has to be hitting on all cylinders because I think the raw natural talent of Ohio State is clearly below last year's Ohio State team. And I think it's below this Clemson team, the way things have played out. So, but let's not lose track of the idea that Trey Sermon rushing attack defense with the passing game, that could happen. We're going to do that a lot more. We're going to have, we'll get a beat writer on this week. For a podcast, we'll talk. A Clemson beat writer, I mean, Matt Connolly, our good buddy that we've gotten to know uh, over the last couple of years. We'll have him on. We'll do a Heisman thing. Uh, we need to talk about the the Heisman votes are due f- Monday at 5 p.m. I got to check my email and do this stinking thing. Um, we'll do a little bit about, like, Justin's not going to be a finalist. I mean, there's no way. There's, he has, I think he has zero chance to be a finalist at this point. Anybody who saved their vote, if, I mean, like anybody who has not voted yet, there's no way you're putting Justin Fields in your top three because you only can put three guys in. And when you can choose between Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, all from Alabama, Kyle Trask from Florida, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, and Zach Wilson from BYU, 
Like he's just not going to be in anybody's top three. He might be fourth. He might be fifth. He's going to be in so few top threes. I just don't think there's any way he's getting to New York, but we can discuss that after the fact and sort of what happened to that Heisman campaign after all of us picked him to win the Heisman. A lot more Ohio State stuff ahead. One more quick break. I want to talk about Cincinnati. We asked some survey questions about Cincinnati. I want to get into this a little bit. We'll do it next on Buckeye Talk. Back, Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. Nathan, is it okay if we're not infringing on the Monday Madness pod if we do a little bit of this, right? No, I think we're fine because we're okay. not going to do Monday Madness until later in on Monday morning anyway. So, right. so might as well get, get a little jump on it. I, I want to give Shelby a, a lot of your questions that you sent. I appreciate it on text. I think this encapsulates where some Ohio State fans are right now. It's from our good friend Shelby in Fort Myers. Is it unreasonable to conclude Clemson will blow the doors off an undermanned Ohio State team that is struggling at quarterback with play calling and with pass defense? We do have a better walk-on punter, though. This is the 2016 Fiesta Bowl Part 2. Part two. Tell me otherwise. That's the fear. We've seen, we've all seen what it looks like when Ohio State can't hang with Clemson. That's the fear that's what we're going to spend the next 12 days on. So we know we understand Shelby is speaking for some portion of the fan base there. I'm not sure that that's right. I wouldn't say that's exactly right. It's not a hundred percent wrong. And I totally get why on Sunday afternoon, that's why people, why people are thinking that for the people who are listening to this and don't know all the playoff matchups yet, Nathan, what have, what are the other pairings for the new year's six games that have been announced? Cause I, I don't even know them as we're recording them as we're recording now. It's three o'clock on Sunday but you dropped the one that you had seen, which is a pretty tasty peach bowl. I personally don't like peaches. I'm a big, I'm a big texture guy on fruit. Too squishy. There are people who really don't like peaches. I love peaches. Like peach cobbler. Are you kidding me? Peach but cobbler is incredible. Do you like peach cobbler or do you just like, do you like peaches? Not necessarily oh, I'll, I'll the eat, food it can make. I'll eat peaches in, in syrup like they used to give us in, at lunch at school or whatever. But I prefer like, but I, I like Peach cobbler is just like a good – or peach pie, which is just – that's what cobbler is, just a square pie. The thing about me is I like crust, so I like crust on anything. So I will mm-hmm. eat a fruit pie or a fruit cobbler and eat around the fruit and just eat the crust. I'll eat <laughs> I like – like the means method. <laughs> yeah. I get well, it's, it's the reverse it. means. It's the yeah, reverse it. means. All you crust. eat around what you don't want. I get it. Now, but the, the, the difference with me is that I would not say something like – I could eat a whole peach pie because if I just ate the crust and there were six full peaches sitting on the plate, I would not claim that I had eaten the whole pie. Um, so, but the fruit, I'm a, the fruit. I don't like soft fruit. I like a hard fruit. So I don't like peaches, but I like this matchup in the peach bowl. What is it, Nathan? It is number eight Cincinnati against number nine, Georgia. It is the two ends of the playoff discussion spectrum. It is the undefeated non-power five against the two lost power five. And I think it will be a great opportunity. And here's the thing, Georgia, you know, everybody in the SEC who wants to be like, well, if they would have figured out their quarterback and just throw out those two losses, they're one of the four best teams. There are people, most of them employed by the SEC network, who will tell you that Georgia is one of the four best teams right now. And frankly, if Georgia and Notre Dame played right now, maybe Georgia would win. I I don't care that they would win. That's not the point. Anybody who discusses that on TV, it's nonsensical. But maybe they would, which means it's a great game for Cincinnati. 
And the thing that we can't do sometimes in bowl games, and I think sometimes it's reasonable, you have the power five team that doesn't want to be there and the underdog team that's all juiced up for it. And then the underdog team wins and it's like, ah, they weren't even trying, right? There's no, Georgia wants to try. Georgia wants, Georgia wants to prove something here. Hey, if we had gotten the quarterback figured out, we would have done something. Hey, we want to build up for next year because JT Daniels will be back. We want to put college football on notice. Georgia doesn't get an excuse here. Cincinnati certainly is not looking for an excuse. Steven, I think they're going to answer a question here. And the question is, is how good really is the best group of five team? And are they getting screwed in the playoff discussion? I think this matchup, Steven, other than, other than Cincinnati actually being in the playoff, I couldn't think of a better matchup to try to begin to answer that question. This is the best matchup because neither one of them got in. And so next time we get a situation, if Georgia comes out and wipes the floor with Cincinnati, the next time we get a UCF situation where that team wants to hang up a banner saying they're the real national champions, they can't do that anymore because this is your opportunity to play a team who had lost some games. If they were undefeated, would probably be in the playoff right now. And you have a team who is undefeated but doesn't necessarily play the same level of competition, which is probably why they're undefeated, get a chance to play each other. So it either is going to shut up, you know, non-Power 5 programs, or it's going to create a whole other issue where it might, if Cincinnati wins this game, it might actually crack the door to an 18 playoff because that's the only way these non-Power 5 teams are going to get in. I think this is a data point that might linger. That you, you can't really, you're not supposed to think about past seasons, but if Cincinnati goes out and has a good win here, I think if you're in that committee room, it would affect me. Not the result itself, but I would I would think to myself, if my perception, and it, it is my personal perception right now, I don't want to hear the group of five argument. I don't. The, your league's not as good. The talent across the board in your league's not as good. What we figured out with this playoff argument is it's talent perception, which I think is different than eye test. Because when you watch a team and try to say, is that team good? Based on the, the play on the field, to me, that's a little different than talent perception, which is, how you play, but also who your recruits are, what league you're in. And I think if people are saying, I test, I think it's talent perception. that it, And that's a little different than me. And that's, I think, somewhat fair. Because, again, you can't just say, well, we beat everybody on our schedule because I can show you a middle school team that beat everybody and nobody's putting them in the playoff conversation. So I would allow this to affect my personal talent perception bias and that would carry over into how I think about the next non-Power 5 team in the committee room. So I think this is a really big game for Cincinnati to do that against Georgia. Nathan, what are the other pairings? Indiana didn't make it, huh? Indiana did not get selected. No other Big Ten team selected for a New Year's Six, and they were really the one team that had a really good shot at it. I didn't think they were going to pull Northwestern all the way up to that. It's uh, The Cotton Bowl is number six, Oklahoma, versus number seven, Florida. And then the, these other two are like right below that line where anybody should really give a crap. Uh, number 10, Iowa State against number 25, Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. And that's and because number, the Pac-12, they're the Pac-12 champ. They have to correct. get in. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the, the Pac-12 champ who did not win either division. And uh, number five, Texas A&M versus number 13, North Carolina. So that's the one, right? Where did Indiana finish? In the final playoff rankings, because uh, I would guess that Indiana's case is why is it not Indiana instead of North Carolina? That's the that's a wild card spot. Yeah. 
The ACC already has two teams in. They took the third team in the ACC over the second team in the Big Ten. Indiana's eleventh. So Indiana's ranked higher than North Carolina. Correct. But did not get a New Year's Six invite. Is correct. Is Indiana practicing right now? Because maybe that plays a role. The fact that they haven't played. Indiana is on pause. Okay, it was on pause the last I heard. Okay, so the fact that they've been on pause for the last two weeks, maybe that played a role of, well, maybe they won't even be able to play this game, so why put them in it? Okay, we'll save that discussion for the madness discussion because we'll get information about that. There must be some answer there. We don't know what it is right now because we don't cover Indiana. That's interesting to me because I would have thought we'll pause our own discussion on that because we we aren't going to know what we're talking about. I haven't had time to read, but we know people who write good things about them. We'll find out. Just just say Zach. You worked with Zach. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say his name. He and I were going back and forth on Twitter this weekend because he. Did you have a fight? Oh, just a just a a, a friendly you know lover spat. A, a, a kerfuffle. It's weird because before you started working here, I viewed you and Zach as the bearded Indiana duo of Big Ten coverage. The Beard Brothers. Yeah, I mean, but like, weren't were you and Zach Osterman? People sometimes. We're like, oh, which guy, what? Uh, one covers it's, Purdue and one covers Indiana. They both have beards. It's easy to tell us apart because I talk like this, and then when he talks, it's just like inane soccer gibberish for 24 hours a day. That's that's the telltale sign. You guys really are friends. Wow. <laughs> it's exactly. just like Mad Libs of like v- vaguely British-sounding words and uh, just just made-up terms that aren't actually soccer terms. They just, they, they're they screwing with us when they say stuff to try to, to get us to believe that they're actually talking about something real. And that has been our Rip Your Friend segment on Buckeye Talk. We'll make that a regular part of it. Just <laughs> he knows I love him. Steven, your best friend from 11th grade. What's up with that guy? He's a, he's a real ding-dong, right? Yeah, just, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, just rip him. Um, all right, let's talk about Cincinnati. Let's talk about Cincinnati very quickly because I asked two podcasts or two text questions about Cincinnati. Which team would you have put at number four in the playoff? In the end, as we said, it turned out that Ohio State, this is probably the easiest decision about Ohio State in the history of the playoff. Because as I keep saying the entire playoff, I've written it a million times now, the entire playoff is about Ohio State. It has been the most difficult team for the committee to figure out. They were the number four team controversially in 2014. In 2015, they were clearly one of the four most talented. They lost the game they couldn't lose and they didn't get in. 2016, they didn't even win the Big Ten. They got in at number three when they probably shouldn't have gotten in. They got the doors blown off. 17 and 18, they were the Big Ten champ, had good cases to get in and didn't get in. And in 2019, they were number one going into the final weekend and then lost the number one seed because they weren't impressive enough in their conference championship game, and that had huge ramifications on the playoffs. So every year it's been, like, controversial. And this year, as it turned out, because Notre Dame got killed by Clemson, it was like, yep, Ohio State's three. Like, nobody doubted that if you didn't work for the SEC network or if you weren't Jimbo Fisher. But at least Jimbo Fisher is actually paid by the actual school that he's supporting – the people at the SEC network, is it in their contract? Is it just in their blood? I don't know. I don't like it. That guy can come on anytime he wants. He was wrong. Everybody knew Ohio State was going to number, be number three. The controversy was over number four. Which team would you have put at number four? The choices I gave were Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Texas A&M, or other. 
Who do you think won the vote? Steven, Notre Dame obviously won the only vote that matters with the actual committee. Who won our texture vote? Notre Dame won the texture vote. That's not who I would have put in, though. Um, who would you have put in? I think I would have put in Cincinnati because they're undefeated, and I think Alabama is going to blow out who number four, whoever number four was anyway. So why not just reward the undefeated team who didn't just get blown out by another playoff team? Nathan, who do you think won the vote, and who would you have voted for? Uh, I think Notre Dame would have won the vote, and I would have voted for Notre Dame, which is the team that I voted number four in the AP poll this week. And for me, it just came down to, as I wrote, you know, if you take off Texas A&M and Notre Dame's top win and take away their loss, then who else, who had the balance of a better season between comparing those two? And I thought it was Notre Dame. And you just, and that you're not talking like Cincinnati entered your thought process very much. No, they were the third team in that group. Okay. Uh, I would have picked Notre Dame as well, and our texters would have picked Notre Dame. 55% Notre Dame, 26% Cincinnati, 13% Texas A&M, 7% other. So Cincinnati, there's not like an outrageous number of Cincinnati voters, but 26% is pretty good. That's a reasonable amount of Cincinnati voters. I did think it was outrageous that what Cincinnati ended up where? Nine or eight? Nine. They had it backwards on the thing that I was looking at before, actually. Oh, wait, this is last week's. Hold on. It's eight. So the idea that that Cincinnati, I thought it was weird that the way they did the reveal on ESPN, it was they did four before they did five and six. So the way they like revealed the drama was Notre Dame is four, Texas A&M is five. And then the real drama was like, who will be six? Oklahoma. And it was like the drama was suck it Cincinnati was the drama of the show was like, will the committee put Cincinnati at four? No. Will they put him at five? No. Will they at least respect him and put him at six? No. Suck it. Weird. And I'm a non, I'm a non Cincinnati backer. I thought that was weird. And this feels too low. So Cincinnati was where eight, Nathan? Nine. They were nine. No, I'm sorry, because they, they the website's all screwed up. They have them nine, and Georgia was eight. Okay, so Texas A&M, one loss, is number five. Oklahoma, Big 12 champ with two losses is six. Who's seven? Florida? Florida. Three mm-hmm. lost Florida, who lost to Alabama, LSU, and Texas A&M. Three lost Florida. Three lost Florida. Three lost Florida is seven. Two lost Georgia is eight, and undefeated Cincinnati is nine. That feels low to me. That feels low to me. What do you think, Nathan? Well, I'm sorry. And again, it, they have it. They have it different ways in two different places. They were either eight or nine. Yeah. Okay, they are eight. I'm sorry, but it's this isn't my fault. If you go look at the 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 no, I know. I'm looking at like the rankings two they have it. So you're right. It, yeah, it's messed up. It's eight. On what they email to us, it says Cincinnati eight, Georgia nine. But I think either yeah. way, I think that look it looks bad. I mean, they were just. This committee was really in love with Florida. I guess I was to some extent, too, because I was voting them ahead of Texas A&M, even though Texas A&M had beaten them head to head. The metrics really, really like Florida. Um, Those kind of, you know, objective data points. But after that third loss, I know it was to Alabama, but um, I think that's just that's what's going to, I think, loom to people as kind of a tough look that Cincinnati couldn't at least be seven ahead of a three loss team. Yeah, so that that I agree with that. I think this is. As much as I wouldn't vote Cincinnati fourth, I would rank them higher than eighth. I would rank them higher than eighth. But 
Let me ask about, this is the question I asked, and we'll end with this, and then we have a lot more to get into on, on the podcast this week. This is the plan, by the way, in the podcast. This is your Sunday podcast, bonus podcast. We will have Monday Madness. It'll just be out like Monday afternoon instead of at 5 o'clock in the morning on Monday. We'll have a Tuesday podcast. We'll have a Wednesday podcast, and then we will have a giant Thursday podcast, as usual, that will come out on Thursday, the 23rd. Then Christmas Eve is the 24th. Christmas is the 25th on Friday. Everybody knows what day Christmas is. Buckeye talk. Christmas is the 25th. So we'll have a Thursday podcast that comes out Thursday. No, Thursday is the 24th. We'll have a podcast. We won't have a podcast that comes out Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So the big Thursday podcast will get you through. It will come out on Christmas Eve, and it will get you through. So we're doing Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, five podcasts this week, which is normal, just on slightly different days. So we have a lot to cover. We're going to get into this matchup and everything else even more. We're going to wrap up with the Cincinnati talk here. Do you think the playoff is unfair to non-Power 5 teams like Cincinnati? Here were the choices. Yes, it's unfair. This proved to me it's unfair to non-Power 5 conferences, and it makes me mad. The system is rigged against group of five teams. No, it's fair. Non-power five teams aren't as talented and the playoff rankings are absolutely correct to reflect that. Or in the middle, non-power five teams aren't viewed the same and it's unfortunate, but it's the way it is. Nathan, what do you think won and what would you have voted? I would have voted um, middle, and I think middle probably won. Steven, what would you have voted? And what are you, you shocked won? that I would vote middle? No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I think, I, yeah, that's that's on brand. Everybody's on brand today. Yeah, <laughs> congrats, guys. Um, when I step I, into the Buckeye <laughs> Talk voting booth, I just pull a full middle ballot. Straight ticket, middle voting. Straight ticket, middle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, w- I think our Texas voted in the middle, but I would have voted no, it's fair. It's, this, this doesn't happen every year. It's every few years that you see a non-Power 5 team go undefeated and maybe have a case. It's not a, it's not a consistent enough thing for them to be considered. Well, here's the thing, too. It's, it's, I don't think – maybe I should have voted no, too, because I don't think that the – Cincinnati not getting a top four spot doesn't tell me that things are unfair. Cincinnati being at eight behind Florida tells me that maybe things are unfair. So it's depending on how you look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's two different things, really. I don't think they're getting jobbed out of being in the semifinals. I don't think Cincinnati deserves that semifinal spot, but it it looks really bad when, when they, when it lines up like that. And the thing is like the rankings below it don't matter because they got a great matchup in a new year's six bowl, which is all that matters, but the rankings inform how you can assess how they view them right so it tells you that not only does cincinnati not make the top four they weren't anywhere close they were not even within shouting distance so that tells you it's not like they're barely that's the difference that the next time there's a conversation why would we think a non-power five team has any chance because we have some proof they didn't have they didn't have a shot and i think that's fine i would have voted no when people on shows or people say on twitter or they write why are we even doing this? Why even pretend it's just the, all the playoff is, 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 is for power five conference teams. And I'm like, yeah, who doesn't know that? And why should it be any different? Why are we pretending? 
And I get it. There are people who say Cincinnati has a bunch of NFL guys and stuff. I get it. But when you're convincing case, the final bit of the case you made to be in the top four is we kicked a game-winning field goal against Tulsa. I'm just like, really? Like people are like, well, Ohio State wasn't that great against Northwestern. No, I think Northwestern is better than Tulsa. You kicked a game-winning field goal against Tulsa. And then, I don't know, was Cincinnati missing their, their one of their three best offensive players? So, like, I just, it's like, well, it's just a different level. So when everybody, when everybody's upset about, well, why are we even, it's not fair. It's never going to happen. It's like, yeah, correct. If, if, if the non-power five doesn't like it, create a separate level and make your own champ. I think that'd be great. Overlap, overlap or whatever with the, with the power five and play them during the regular season. But if you're that mad, then break off and go do a separate thing because it's not the same. Why, who is pretending it's the same? So I'm okay with it. In the middle one, 58%, it's fair. It's fair. Basically what I just said, 29%. What all, what all three of us just said, 29%. It's unfair, only 13%. But I feel like the unfair lobby makes a lot of noise. Because if you read Twitter right now, it feels like that would be much higher than 13%, which is just how Twitter works and how life works, squeaky wheel. Nobody, unless you're Nathan Baird, you're not out on Twitter saying, I'm down the middle. <laughs> like that is but not again, what people tweet. But again, I, but even I kind of did, even though I'm taking that side, because it's like, it's, it's, you can be outraged about the, not outraged. I guess everybody's just outraged about everything now, but you can be, uh, you can have an argument that they shouldn't be eight without arguing that they should be in the top four. And so you could be very vocal about that first part, not so much about the second. Right. But also like the, the, among the reasons that the playoffs should be eight teams, like for a non power five team to have a chance to be in the playoff is not on the top of my list. It's like the idea of having all the power five champs get in the playoff. That is a much bigger deal to me. Expanding hope among the power five teams right? That you all year, your fans have kind of a better shot at, at thinking you can get in. That I think makes it just, you know, like more opportunity, but like that would happen if we went to eight. It's not the reason we should go to eight. The idea of like, we've got to be at eight so that Cincinnati can lose to Alabama in the quarterfinals. That does not make sense to me, but that is what a lot of the squeaky people out there say. And I just think whenever someone says, it's never going to happen. My answer is yes, it's never going to happen. Why are you pretending that it's ever going to? All right, that's our discussion for now. This is in the aftermath of all this coming out. Monday Madness podcast will come out sometime Monday afternoon. Heisman podcast and other things on Tuesday. Hopefully kind of like an opponent preview, a Clemson preview, hopefully, on Wednesday. But Nathan, when are we? would Thursday be? The market down Monday revisiting maybe could that be the big Thursday pod? Let's relive what we thought this season would be and what the season actually has been. Where were we right? Where were we wrong? Would that be a good two-hour Thursday pod to get people through four days? I don't see why not. I think maybe that's what we'll do. I think that'd be fun, and we're gonna be a lot of people gonna be wrong, and it's fun to revisit being wrong. Oh yeah. So um, that's what we'll do. As our plan, but make sure you're listening. Again, try the text. Great time. 614-350-3315. Read us at cleveland.com slash OSU. We're going to have more information coming. Steven and Nathan are going to be on with Ryan Day and Dabo Sweeney in the next half hour here. So that we'll have stories about that, what they say. Um, 
on our website at clipman.com slash OSU. And then just a lot of analysis of this game coming up. Thanks to you guys for being part of it. For Nathan, I'm Steven. I'm Doug. Ohio State's in the playoff. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.